Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Men's Leadership Network podcast. It's so good to be together today. And, you know, our goal here at the Men's Leadership Network is help us be the men and the leaders that God has called to create us to be. And so today we're talking about preparing for the holidays because the holidays can be a busy time, a stressful time. But it also could be an awesome time for us to engage in our families and our communities and for the glory of God. So I'm excited that you're here today and we talk about this and excited that you're listening. And our guest today is Pastor Nick Allen. And Nick is the family pastor here at Rolling Hills and just an amazing godly man. And uh, Nick, thanks so much for uh, jumping in and helping us prepare for the holidays. Thanks Tell for us. letting me. Oh yeah, this is yep. great. Tell us a little bit about your family, Nick. Um, I'm married to Susan and like you and like everybody else around here, I'm married way up and she's <laughs> a blessing. I think that God gives ministers awesome wives because um, of the grueling work that we do day to day. So mm. I'm just blessed in that regard. We've married for 15 years wow. and uh, we have three kids. Lily Kate is nine, uh, Nora Blake is seven, two girls really close in age. And then Simon comes along at the end and he is three. Wow. Yeah. Never a dull moment at your house, is it? Not at all. (laughs) Not a bit. So, yeah. So, tell us, we're, you know, kind of looking forward to Christmas, moving into Christmas, New Year's, the holidays. Uh, What describe your holiday time? What does it look like for you? Like everybody else's, Mm -hmm. um, fast and busy. Yeah. Um, That window of time, uh, 30 to 40 days between Thanksgiving and New Year's, um, can really feel like a blur. There's so much going on. I mean, it's a heightened season for us in ministry, obviously. So yeah. there's a lot happening in the life of the church and in the life of families. And so we are pretty full on and engaged. We have um, family in three states to see along the way. And so we know there's holiday travel. And I'm caught, like everybody else, just trying to balance um, all the meaningful things that we want to do at Christmas and, and all of the, the things that just come along with it being a, a busy holiday season. So, yeah. Mm. But why do you feel like it's so stressful? I mean, it, it seems like it should be a time of relaxation. Oh, yeah. You know, it seems like there ought to be this kind of margin in our lives during the holidays. But for whatever reason, it kind of seems like it takes the stress level to, <laughs> to a higher point. Why is that? Um, I, okay, I have three M's because, you know, we pastors are supposed to talk in things that all start with the same letter. It helps um, us remember, It right? helps us remember stuff. Um, the first one is not a cop-out. Um, it's not, you know, putting the blame on someone or something else. But it is marketing. Um, they're just these geniuses in the world that are able to convince us um, that we need things that we've never heard of mm-hmm. um, and that we want things that we've never needed before. Mm-hmm. And so the, it, it's, it's heightened at Christmas. Christmas is a time of heightened awareness for everything, and, and marketing is certainly no different, that there's just um, everybody wanting something from us and everybody convincing us that we need this, our kids need this, we want this, it's going to make life better, and if we have it, things are going to be um, exponentially better than they were before. And so there's just a pressure on families. There's a pressure on dads to provide all the things that our kids might need or want. And so marketing, I think, is a big deal, and it can make things stressful. We are battling um, within us wise choices all the time. And so learning how to say no, learning how to limit, um, learning how to differentiate between what a need is and what a want is, um, and really choosing wisely what those wants are. So marketing is a big deal, and we just have to learn how to navigate that because it's not going away. Um, The second one is messaging. Um, The world is full of mixed messages. And we have to determine, you know, this time of year, what kind of messages we're going to be about as families, what kind of messages we're going to send in our home. Um, And as Christians, I think it's particularly difficult because we're caught trying to do two things. We want the absolute best, most fun holiday that the world has to offer, but we want the real Christ-centered one that we know in our hearts is right. Mm -hmm. And so instead of just choosing the one message that we should focus on, we end up straddling the fence and trying to communicate the best of both messages um, 
and then both get watered down in the process. And so messaging is really important. And I think that whatever we choose to communicate, um, we have to choose well. Yeah. Um, and then we have to just dive into that and say, we're going to communicate Christ at Christmas. And ultimately, whether it's marketing or messaging, it all comes back to um, priorities. Um, our priorities in life are where we derive meaning. The things that we elevate to being um, a priority in life, that's where we say, this is what's meaningful to me, this is what's important to me, this is what matters to me. Um, and so when we deviate off of anything that we know is meaningful with regard to Christ, it automatically adds stress to our lives. Mm -hmm. And whenever there's stress in our life over the things that we're trying to balance ineffectively, it has collateral damage um, into who we are and the message that we communicate to our kids. And so marketing, it's challenging. We've got to learn to look both ways and overcome it. Um, messaging, we have to choose the message that we want to send and, and communicate that message well, um, even at the expense of other messages that the world wants to send. And then meaning, we have to work double time to create meaning for our kids so that they'll grow up and understand what the true meaning of Christmas is. Wow, that's so good. And I love those three M's. Yeah. It just makes me think, you know, so often we... Uh, we spend money we don't have, you know, oh, yeah. buy things we don't need to impress people that it really doesn't matter for us. But, but we go into debt and the, it just creates this even more stress for us because we're not thinking about the right message or what the meaning of this season really is. In my first ministry job, the first place that I ever served, one of my mentors said, comparison always leads to depression. Mm. And I thought that's exactly right. Anytime in my life when I've compared myself to someone who had more, it, it just makes you depressed. Anytime in my life when I've compared myself my life to someone that I had more than, it just made me feel guilty, which also leads to depression. So comparison always leads to depression. And uh, we really only need to compare ourselves to Christ and realize how far we need to go. So that's a, it's a hard challenge, keeping up with other people, particularly this season. Wow. So how do we, as men, right, how do we prepare ourselves? Because we know we're entering in. We know what's getting ready to come. It happens mm -hmm. every year. So how do we prepare ourselves to walk into this and, and not fall prey to all these traps? One is just our own, we've said it before in the MLN environment, one is just our own spiritual connection to Christ. Mm -hmm. um, and ultimately this season should be no different than any other season in our life. We should be connected to God through his word. We should be connected to God through prayer. Um, we should be connected to God through our giving, through our serving, through our relationships. And so step one is just to make sure that our own devotional life is where it needs to be. And so when it comes to preparing for the holiday season, I want, I want to be in touch with the Holy Spirit. I want to be in touch with the Word of God and know what it says and know how He wants to impact my life this year. The Christmas story is the most familiar in Scripture, and so it's the one that we, we don't censor from little children. We let them learn everything about Mary and Joseph and the angel coming and the shepherds visiting, and we have play nativity sets. And so the Christmas story can be one that's um, overplayed in our lives, um, but there's still something that God wants to do with the birth of his son um, and the stories that come from Scripture surrounding that to impact our lives today, no matter how many times you've heard the story. And so one is just really sit down and engage spiritually. Um, two is don't leave it up to your wife. Um, I think kind of the default posture of men um, in the church, even good godly men in the church, is to kind of default when it comes to holidays and spiritual celebrations in our home to letting our wife do all of that. Um, and if we're not careful, all of the, the cooking and the shopping and the decorating can take a front seat um, in, in our lives and in our homes. Um, and that's not a bad thing. We want to have all of those holiday celebrations. We want to mile mark the moments that we're having fun with our kids and with our families. And we want those to be celebratory. And so a big part of that is for just men not to sit around and let their wives do all that, but to actually participate. Mm -hmm. 
you know, participate in, in the gift giving and, and in the decorating and the shopping. Whatever it is that your family does for holidays, don't leave it up to your wife to, to do all of that work and to engage in those ways. You get in the game too. And so I think that's really important for men to really engage. But as the spiritual leaders in our homes, and I'll say that, we are. We're called and equipped by God to be the spiritual leaders. And so part of that is being able to stand guard as watchmen over our homes so that if we're really engaged and we're really on the front lines and we know what's happening in our home, we know what our kids are asking for for Christmas, we know what our wife really wants for Christmas, we know what the holiday travel schedule is like, and we know what the holiday expense report is like. If we're engaged on the front lines, then we're prepared to be the watchmen that we need to be, to set up guardrails and say, no, this is, this is too far, or, or no, this is not far enough. Um, we want to highlight this more, or we want to downplay this more. And, and if we're not engaged, if we're letting all of that happen around us, um, and we're not plugged into what that is, then, then we're not prepared to, to guard the heart of our family the way that we're called to. And so I say, one, make sure your devotional life is caught up, and two, um, don't let your wife do all the work. Really engage. Um, participate in everything that's happening in the holidays, um, but then also be prepared to stand guard over what happens in the holidays at your house. I think that's so good. How do you kind of expand on that a little bit more when you talk about uh, your devotional life and your spiritual life? Because it seems to me, I, I'm, I like structure, you know, and so yeah. it's almost like when, you know, I'm at work or, you know, I have a routine and, and kids are in school, it's easier for me just to go, okay, this is my time with the Lord, you know, this is my scheduled time and I can take notes and I can read and my daily step. And, and yet when, it, when I have, you know, time off or time mm-hmm. away, it seems like that is more challenging. It's harder to keep up your routine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So how do we stay spiritually grounded through these next 30 to 40 days in the midst of, you know, that kind of different uh, schedule? Yeah, we are. The best thing about this is I think that God has placed the husband and the father in a pivotal role in the life of his family. Mm -hmm. He wants to equip us to do that. And so one way to stay engaged is just to be real honest with God about your your pitfalls and your struggles, just to say, okay, God, I really struggle with um, scheduling. I really struggle with self-disciplines. And now we're about to enter into a season where the routine is all out of whack for literally a month. Mm-hmm. Um, how can I stay connected to your word? What, what new parameters do I need to set? And what new habits do I need to set that are just going to get me to the new year when things really can go back to normal again? It's just to be really honest and vulnerable with God and say, okay, I, I need to be engaged and I need your help in this area because this is a struggle for me. Um, accountability is another way. We've talked about that before at mm-hmm. MLN too. Just to have other guys that you're talking about life with and you're talking about holidays with and you're talking about your marriage with and you're talking about your parenting with to say, hey guys, I really want to be intentional this Christmas and I want you to help me stay grounded in that. I want you to help me stay connected to Christ and I want you to help me be the best dad that I can be during the holiday season. Um, as the father goes, so goes the family. Wow. And so just being a guy that wants to stay engaged, I think is half the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to fall asleep at the wheel. And we also don't want to put it on cruise control and just coast by doing the same routine that we've always done. We want to be responsive to the Holy Spirit in whatever direction he's leading so that we can take our family there too. So I hope that answers that oh, question. Oh, I, I think that's spot on, you know, and, and, uh, and even thinking about those spiritual disciplines with our kids. Mm, and, yeah. you know, I mean, helping them to see us praying. Helping we have them a prime opportunity. Oh, yeah. You know, their schedule, they're around more. Yeah. And we, you know, hopefully get to be around them more. So this is a chance for them to 
see dad carve out time to pray. This is a chance for them to see dad carve out time to read scripture. Mm. Um, and this is a time to really engage as a family. You can actually, if you're a family that hasn't done family devotions and prayer time together before, you can start that over the holidays and then make it a practice that carries with you throughout the new year, um, which would revolutionize how you do family time. Man, I love that. That's so good. So how do you talk about this? How do we maximize our time with our family? I mean, we're getting ready to have it, you know, yeah. and, uh, and I know schedules are crazy, and there's travel, and you still got work, and you, but, but we should have more time with our family, so how do we maximize that? I do think it starts with what you say yes to and what you say no to, mm. um, and I hope that's not, you know, aloof. There are only so many waking hours in the day, and mm. so there are only so many opportunities um, to really engage, and, um, you know, everybody's got jobs, everybody's got responsibilities, and they don't, they just don't stop during the holidays. Mm. If you work um, at a church or retail or customer service, in a lot of ways, those amp up over the holidays. And yeah. so you might be even more busy in December than you are other months throughout the year. And so you really have to be intentional. Um, the adage that how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, <laughs> I think it matters in maximizing time with our family. I think sometimes, because of comparison, um, because our wives are all on Pinterest, um, because our I kind of am too. That's like a confessional. I don't know if you're supposed to say that at MLM, but yeah, I'm, I'm on it too. But because we're, we're on social media and we're connected to what other people are doing, I think there is a pressure to do a grand everything mm. and to have 10 to 15 grand home run, expensive, well-planned, well-thought-out, incredible moments at Christmas. Um, and at the end of it all, it might be better just to scale it down, instead of trying to create these 10 to 15 grand Christmas experiences, what if we just settled in on creating a handful of really simple, meaningful ones? Mm. Um, you know, Ikea, the company, have you, last year they created a Christmas video um, in 2014, and it's gone viral again this year. Um, they asked kids um, from these families to write a letter to the Three Kings, which is their holiday tradition that kind of mirrors Santa Claus. And so all these kids in Europe, they write letters to the three kings and ex explain all the things that they want. You know, the toys, the games, the videos, all the things that they'd like. And then they asked them to do um, another letter, a letter to your parents asking for what you wanted. And those kids wrote things like, I want more hugs. I want to play soccer with my mom. I want you to tickle me. I want you to lay in bed and read a book. Like all of these just quality time things. Wow. Well, yeah. So then the parents get to read these letters. Then, Ikea, they come back and they ask the kids to choose. You can only mail one letter. Do you want to send your letter to the three kings? Do you want to send your letter to your mom and dad? Every child said they wanted to send their letter to their parents. And you're thinking, okay, here's a company that has no intentions of communicating Christ to me at Christmas, doing the job of the church. That's our message, mm. um, that kids, they don't want those gifts. They don't want those expensive experiences. They don't want all those things that we think that they need. They really just want time with us. Mm. And it doesn't have to be crazy, well-planned Pinterest time. It really just can be simple family moments that create meaning for them. Those are the holiday traditions that they're going to remember. Um, I'm going to post that video later today on the MLN site for, for guys to go and check out and see. It's a good reminder for us of what really matters. And sometimes it just, it just takes asking your kids what matters most to figure out from them. They really probably just want cuddle time with dad, or they just want a hangout conversation. Um, instead of the brand new experience, they might just want to go out in the yard and throw the ball. Mm -hmm. and, and that be the kind of relationships that we want to cultivate. And so maximizing time doesn't have to be crazy internet, social media, comparing to other families' time. It really just might mean special moments where you create meaning at Christmas, spending time together, doing simple things. Man, I love that. It's a good one. That, 
that's so important. Yeah. It's so important that we all hear that, you know, <laughs> all of us men. I mean, because we're doers by nature, right? Yeah. You know, and so we, we feel like we got to be doing something all the time if we're going to be productive. And yet, sometimes it, it just means being. It's freeing. Yeah. Like, it's freeing to say, I don't have to do all that. I don't have to feel the pressure to perform that way. Mm-hmm. I really can just be present mm-hmm. um, and active in their lives. And that ultimately mean more than any of the other stuff that I'm probably going to fail at anyway. So. <laughs> Well, talk about, uh, you know, Christmas, you go back to your marketing, your M, yeah. and everything seems to be marketed, not just to us, but it's marketed to our kids. Oh, yeah. They're and, smart. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so they know that. And so our, our kids have this perception of, man, my perfect Christmas is I get everything on my Christmas list. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we teach kids about giving versus getting? Yeah. One thing I, I do think, I do think it starts with how much you give. I think we as parents, um, no matter how well-resourced we are, um, need to learn how to set good limits for our kids and what they receive. Um, Just because we can't afford it doesn't mean that we should. Um, It ultimately may not be in their best long-term interest to have everything that they desire. I mean, that makes sense, right? You know, Um, we think that it's true from Scripture. We don't want to just indulge them in everything that they want. Susan and I landed on a poem a couple of years ago. We give our kids four gifts, something you want, something you need, something to wear, something to read. Um, And the poem just helps us remember what their gifts are. Um, It simplifies Christmas for us, and it creates margin. Um, Margin in our finances, where we're able to give because we're not spending a ton on those presents. Um, Margin in our time, because we're not shopping and brainstorming all the things that we've got to find and figuring out what location has this and what store has this and who's running a sale on this. We're just not crunched for time to find all of those things. Um, And it also creates margin on our Christmas morning. Because we've got three kids, four gifts, that's 12 presents that have to be opened mm. and, and 12 presents that have to be celebrated. And one of them is a clothing item and one of them is a book. So those are you really not engaging a whole lot anyway. So it leaves a ton of room for us to do other things on Christmas morning that aren't just gift getting, mm-hmm. um, essentially. And so that's just, I mean, it's just one way that we've done that. Um, to answer the question about how we're supposed to model giving instead of getting, it, it does start with the example that we set. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to actively give with our kids and in front of our kids, um, to organizations, to charities, to people in need. Um, Ultimately, um, we tell our kids um, the the true story of the original St. Nicholas um, and the gifts that he gave to those young, desperate girls who had nothing to give back to him in return. Um, And so one of the things we try to teach our kids is that the the truest gift giving is when you give to someone who can't give anything back to you. Um, And so we highlight that. Ultimately, it's what God gave to us. In Christ, he gave us something that we could never repay. We could never earn. We could never buy. We could never give him anything that would warrant the gift of his son. And so modeling it is really important. Um, I know that scripture is really clear that to our neighbor, we're supposed to do our giving in secret, um, that it's supposed to be anonymous. It's just between us and God. Um, But I throw that out the window when it comes to our kids. They need to see us giving. They need to see what we're giving and how we're giving. And they also need to see it hurt a little bit. They need to see that we as a family are going to have to sacrifice this or say no to this in order to do this. It can't just be giving and still getting. It, it has to be giving until it hurts a little bit, until there's a price to be paid, until a sacrifice. Um, and then they also need to have opportunities to participate in the giving. It's not just enough for them to see mom and dad prioritize giving. Um, they actually have to be able to participate in the giving. Um, and, and that giving needs to be directed towards, you know, they can buy presents for each other. They can buy presents for grandparents. They can focus on giving to others. But it needs to be focused on least, last, and lost. It needs to be focused on the people that aren't going to give you anything in return. Um, we, as a kids ministry this year, have partnered with Justice and Mercy International, a nonprofit, um, to create a kids' Christmas compassion catalog. 
Um, and this is opportunities that um, kids can go through with their parents and learn about needs because part of kids understanding giving is just creating awareness. Like, how are people struggling in the world? Um, what's it like for a kid in another country who doesn't have a coat? Um, what's it like for the kid without shoes or the kid who doesn't have five copies of the Bible to read all the time? And so um, JMI gives us opportunities that these are affordable things that kids, um, they may have enough money for some of these things right now. Or they may be able to designate a portion of, you know, their grandma money to give to one of these things at Christmas. It's going to highlight giving for them. They're going to get to understand the joy of what it means to sacrificially give. Um, and they're going to get to see those dollars put to good use. Um, this is also available online if dads want to check that out to say ways that they can partner with JMI for their kids to participate in the giving. And, and I think that's really important. Man, I think that's so good. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I believe, like you, I mean, discipleship is more caught than taught. Oh, absolutely. Right? And so... As parents, if we're modeling, what do we get? What do we get? You know, mm -hmm. then it, that's going to spill over to our kids. But if yeah. we're modeling for them, hey, Christmas is about giving. God gave to us. We give. That's going to translate in helping them pick out a gift, helping them learn how to give. Oh, yeah. That, that raises up disciples. Our kids will blow us away with yeah. creativity and ideas and generosity. Yeah. Um, they want to have those experiences. And sometimes it just means mom and dad coming alongside them to provide the logistics for mm -hmm. how to do it. And they can have some grand idea of something they want to give to their neighbors or something they want to give to the homeless mm -hmm. or something they want to give to a kid their age in another country in the developing world that, that really has significant needs this Christmas. They can learn about the needs and they can also meet those needs. And we're empowering them to be the hands and feet of Christ. In some cases, before they even fully comprehend the gospel, yeah. I think that plants incredible seeds. Wow. So, yeah. We'll talk about this, uh, Nick, about how do we thrive during the holidays and, instead of just survive? You yeah. know, how do, we, how do we really make this the best holidays ever and really thrive? I'm, I'm going to get back to those M's, um, particularly the one about messaging. Um, okay. We need to say, say no to a lot of the marketing pressures and a lot of the cultural ploys. Um, you know that my family ministry mantra for years has been volume speaks value. Mm -hmm. um, how often we say something and how loudly we say something is the message that we send. And so if we are um, talking about um, Santa Claus and Elf on the Shelf and all these other things 25 days in a row, um, but only talking about Christ once or twice, <laughs> we've communicated a value to our kids uh, unconsciously. We would never say, I mean, none, I don't know any family, none of our families here and none of the guys that are listening at MLN are going to say, well, you know, I kind of think Santa's more important than Jesus. We wouldn't say that. But we can message that if we're not careful, um, if we highlight the wrong things. And so messaging, I think, is probably one of the most important things we do. Um, how do we simplify our lives um, at the holidays? Um, we save ourselves a whole lot of stress in the process, but how can we simplify our lives in the holidays to communicate a consistent message about what God has already given us? Mm -hmm. um, it, it matters the most. And so if we're praying about that, if we're thinking about that, if that's anywhere on our radar, then chances are good we're going to accomplish that. Um, the Holy Spirit's going to enter in and say, you know, you're, you're seeking wisely, and so we're going to add this stuff to you, and, and you're pursuing Christ, and, and so he's going to be what's centered at your home this year. And so the message really matters the most at Christmas. Um, and so volume speaks value. Um, sit back and do a comparison chart. How much does our holiday traditions communicate things that are ultimately insignificant, and how much do our holiday traditions communicate Christ? Um, and just pull back on one and escalate the other make the real message the main important message. You know what I love about what you're just saying is that we have this opportunity, you know, as oh, yeah. men, we have this opportunity to set new traditions for our family. And maybe mm -hmm. we've got traditions that passed down to us or passed down to our wife or, you know, but we have the opportunity now 
to step in and say, this is what our family tree and our legacy is going to be. And, and I think that's huge, you know. And so yeah. we don't have to just take what's been handed to us. We could be ones that change the messaging and say, this is what our priorities are. This is meaningful. It's opportunity and it's responsibility. Um, Lily Kate's going to be nine one time. Mm-hmm. And, and then she's going to, you know, Lord willing, move on to 10 and then 11. So I get, I get this year as a nine-year-old. I get this year with Nora Blake seven. I get this year with mm-hmm. Simon three. Um, this is their only three, seven, and nine Christmas. Um, I don't want to waste that opportunity. Right. And I also don't want to shank that responsibility. Um, it's my job to communicate um, the message of Jesus this mm-hmm. year in, in the ways that they're ready and able to understand. Um, and so I need to seize that opportunity and really take seriously the responsibility that I have as a dad. Yeah, and that responsibility means that our kids are going to model what we've shown oh, yeah. them. You know? so, so we're impacting generations oh, yeah. literally by what we're doing here over these holidays. So mm-hmm. as we talk about even generations, I've been asking this question to a lot of our MLN guests. But uh, tell us, Nick, what do, you, what do you want your legacy to be? First and foremost, it's, it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. God has given me um, one wife and three kids. And at the end of the day, those are the ones that I'm responsible for and accountable to. So if Susan and I can covenant together by the power of the Holy Spirit to raise kids who, um, at whatever point in their life they're ready, recognize their sin and understand their need for Jesus and trust Him for salvation, then hands down, that's legacy. I mean, we want our kids to know and follow Christ. Um, And whatever that takes, um, whatever we have to say no to, whatever we get to say yes to along the way, whatever it takes for, for... for those three kids to know and follow Jesus. Um, and that's, that's the main thing. As a pastor, the legacy is kind of similar. Um, I get to, um, oh, the privilege and, oh, the joy of um, pastoring and shepherding and coming alongside other families. If, if that's the legacy that we can equip other families to lead, then job done. Like if we can help other families help their kids come to know and also follow Jesus, that's, that's the legacy that we want to leave. So, wow. Well, I'm telling you, uh, God's using you in an incredible way. So. You know, and, and my um, kids yeah. are a part of your ministry, and you are helping shape them, and they um, love the Lord, and they love church and community. It's a blessing. And uh, I love serving our God with you, my I friend. I do too. Thank so, you so much. Hey, give us two takeaways, two takeaways for the holidays. How can we prepare? Christmas is an opportunity. Don't miss it. Don't let it fly by. We're going to say on January 2nd that the holidays flew by. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's going to say that the holidays flew by, and it's true, they are. Um, and so keep the message consistent and simple all the way through. Um, that's the number one takeaway. And the other is kind of driven by resources. One of the things that we've been committed to doing this year at MLN is to um, not just providing great information, um, but also providing great resources to continue the conversation once this one is over. Um, and so I did bring a couple of resources, if it's yeah. okay to show you some yeah, things that I got. It. All right. So I know that there's guys in um, the crowd and guys watching online that have um, Preschoolers at home, elementary school kids at home, and middle school, high school kids, even college kids that are coming back home. Um, And so with preschool kids, I just say storybook, storybook, storybook. A, it's good for their development to be reading books. Find the ones that communicate the story of Jesus in a simple way. This one rhymes on every page. It's like Dr. Seuss. Um, It's like a Sandra Boynton book. And it's Mary and Joseph going to the stable, having the baby Jesus, being welcomed by shepherds and heralded by angels. It's it's the Christmas story in a package that kids can understand. And uh, Simon is three years old. He can understand the story of Jesus on five simple pages because we're reading it over and over again. And these will be the books that we choose for the holiday season. As kids get older and they want to participate in the story, um, this is a nativity called what God wants for Christmas. Mm. And ultimately, we should be giving gifts to Christ at Christmas. It's his birthday, right? And so um, this one is a great book, and it's for all the folks out there who desire to do a 
you know, a whole Advent season, but then day 13, you just forget, and then day 14, you feel bad because you haven't caught up. This is a seven-day Advent. Uh Um, It's fantastic. It's the way to celebrate the Christmas story the week of. And so every day, you're reading chapter one in the story, chapter two in the story, all the way to chapter seven in the story, and every day, your kids are getting to open up a present. So, you know, day one, you open up the angel, you stick it on the manger. He gets to herald the good news to Mary, and then also to Joseph, and then also to the shepherds. The next day, you're reading the story, and you're opening up Mary. Um, There's a surprise gift on day seven that's all about what we can give to Christ at Christmas. Uh, I'm not going to give the spoiler, um, but it's a neat thing for your kids to discover. We've got families in our church with high school students who have done this story every single year, all the way through adolescence, um, and they still fight over who gets to open present number seven. And so kids can engage. There is a cool thing that happens at the holidays where even our coolest high school kid will suspend all coolness and participate in something that's traditional just because it's fun. Um, And the last thing is is an Ann Voskamp book. It's called Unwrapping the Greatest Gift, and it really is a daily devotional that will follow you all the way through Christmas. Um, It's way more on the middle school, high school level, a way to understand just the reality of what God did for us Mm. and the seriousness of of the manger and and the death threat against Jesus's life and just the the total package of what was really happening with Mary and really going on with Joseph. Um, This is a way to highlight all of those things in ways that older students can understand and that kids can still hang with. And so ultimately, I think the resources that we choose ought to be the ones that point our kids to Christ. And the cool thing about this one is it yields marriage dividends too. Um, Don't let your wife be picking out all this stuff. Be the dad that comes home with a new tradition. And uh, that's going to yield marriage dividends too because she wants you to take the lead. She wants you to invest spiritually. She doesn't want to buy the package and hand you the book and say, hey, read page seven. She wants you to lead. And so you come home with something like this. It's going to bless your kids. It's going to lead your family well. It's going to have marriage dividends along the way. So, Wow, I love that. I love that. Well, it's so good, Nick. And I tell you, there's just so many opportunities for us as dads to really take the lead. Yeah. uh, you know, some great resources. I mean, obviously, you know, Luke chapter 2 and reading that oh, as yeah. a family and praying just together. sitting down and reading scripture yeah, and praying. Yeah, right. Being at church, being at Christmas Eve, and just say, what are those things that are important to us? And, yeah. and I love that. As a ministry, we're going to link to these online, and we're going to find some ways to put these resources in Dad's hands just to make it good, helpful, just to resource you to do the thing that you want to do, that you feel called to do, to lead your family to Christ at Christmas. Yeah. Well, just stay on the MLM website, and you can see more information there, opportunities for you to help just elevate Christ at Christmas, because that's what it's all about, right? Yeah, it's, it is. It's, it is his birthday that we celebrate. So uh, I'm so thankful you joined in today. I pray that these holidays are your best holidays ever. I pray that for your wife, for your family, uh, for your parents, even just to all the people that you impact for the glory of God. So, hey, in about a month, we'll have another MLN podcast talking about preparing for the new year. And then in the spring, we'll kick off our new semester. So, so many great things happening as we grow in our leadership and our responsibility of being men and being spiritual leaders. Let me pray for us. Can I do that? God, thanks for today. Mm -hmm. Father, thanks for Pastor Nick and his heartbeat for you, his love for you. Father, thank you for every man who's watching or listening right now. And I pray, God, just a special anointing of your Holy Spirit over every man. I pray, Father, that you would work through us in our homes, God, that we would prepare, that the holidays wouldn't sneak up on us or wouldn't fly by, but God, that we would be fully engaged by the power of your spirit. I pray for men's marriages right now. Mm -hmm. I pray, Father, that you would strengthen marriages. I pray for us as dads that we would engage with our kids, that we would show them what the message of Christmas is really all about. And God, that we would take advantage of this opportunity to elevate Christ at Christmas Mm -hmm. and show a world, Father, what this season really means. God, thank you. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for allowing us to lead and to serve you. And Father, all glory to your name. And it's in the name of Jesus that we just say, 
Merry Christmas. Amen. 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 Thanks for being here.